0: I have a heavy message, not the kind of message I'd like to bring, but I'm confident that what I carry is what the old prophets used to call the burden of the word of the Lord. But be sure you understand to whom I'm speaking. I'm not talking to folks I chant it. If I were, they probably wouldn't pay any attention to me. I'm not talking to your neighbor, I'm talking to you. Talking to Bob Duff, talking to Skip Gladfelter, talking to Don Fortman. Talking to you. Talking to you who know God. To you who have by the grace of God been called from darkness to light. To you who are no longer groping about in the darkness Of Babylonian free will works religion. To you who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. Bought the price. To you who are the objects of God's constant care and love. Talking to you. And I'm talking to you. Who are sitting here this morning. With your fist so square in God's face. To you who are rebels against God Almighty. To you who would, if you could, get God by the throat choking to death. To you who will not bow to his dominion. To you who will not submit to Jesus Christ the Lord. To you who will not believe on him. You have the summary at least of my introductory comments in the bulletin. I encourage you to Read them carefully. Not now, but when the message is over, I want you to listen to me right now. I've been asked by several in the last couple of weeks to give my thoughts concerning the events of these dark days. Without question, September 11th, 2001. It's a day of infamy burned in our hearts. Burned in our hearts by the acts of men and burned in our hearts by the providence of God. As believing men and women and all believers, I say this for all believers, if it's not true of you, I'm telling you, you are not a believer. You don't have any idea who God is. Now, I'm saying that with regard to everybody. Preacher, please be clear. I'm telling you, this is the character, the trait of everybody who knows God. We readily fall on our faces and acknowledge and confess our sin. Our personal sin. Our own sin. Our sins as God's people. And ours are the worst. Ours are the worst. Don't don't point your finger out, John, to somebody else's sin. Ours are the worst. For us, Bobby Estes, not to believe or obey God. For many women who've experienced such things as we've experienced at the hand of the Almighty, not to devote ourselves to him. For us to be entangled with the things of this world. Ours is the worst of sins, the worst of sins. Daniel's words are a proper expression of God's people in such times as these. O oh Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping mercy to them that love Him, to them that keep His commandments we have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. And have rebelled. Even by departing from thy precepts. And thy judgments. What's worse. We have not hearkened. Unto thy servants the prophets. We spoke in your name. To our kings and our princes and our fathers, and to all the people of the land, O oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us confusion of face as at this day. O oh Lord, to us belongs confusion of face, and to our kings and to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he has set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, we all have transgressed your law, even by departing that we might not obey your voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us. And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we sinned against God. That's bitter, bitter, bitter medicine to swallow, but swallow it we must. We also recognize the hand of God's providence in the things we've seen. We say with Job, the hand of the Lord has brought this to pass. The hand of the Lord has done this. We uh, we do not excuse the acts of terrorism performed by men any more than we would excuse the acts of barbarity performed by those men who nailed the Son of God to the cursed tree. But as we recognize that God by his providence was ruling on the day when his son was crucified by the hands and wills of wicked men. So we recognize that God, the God of all sovereign power and grace, is in control this day. To suggest otherwise is to say that somehow something's out of God's control. To suggest otherwise is to say that somehow... uh, God doesn't really have his way. He doesn't really accomplish his will. To suggest otherwise is to say you can't believe God for anything. Ron Wood of God Almighty is not almighty. If God does not sit upon his throne and rule in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, in heaven, earth, and hell, if God does not have his way, you can't believe anything he says. Any more than you believe what I say. Just trust him as far as you think he's able to do what he's able to do. And the reality is, that's just how much we trust him. Just how much we trust him. Our first and primary concern, I speak now for us who are gods, is that we are God. Our first concern is the glory of God, the will of God. And I can't tell you how angry, grieved, frustrated, disappointed, enraged, just every passion I can think of negatively I've experienced. Watching how men in this nation have responded to the things that have taken place these last two weeks. So I'm here to speak to you as God's servant. Now, we are patriots. We are and ever must be loyal patriots. Let us live as such. Let us pray for our leaders. God's people. God's people ought to be the most loyal citizens in any society in which God and his providence has placed them. God's people ought to be the most loyal, most patriotic of all, no matter how they may be charged by others. We are loyal patriots. But there's one question that's on the minds of men. I'm sure it's a question that's been on your mind and you hardly know how to answer it. And if you answer it according to the scriptures, you're going to get in trouble. I promise you. If you answer it according to this book, if you, if you look beyond the newspaper and look beyond the news media and look beyond the opinions of men, why? Why has God done this? Why? The answer is found in Jeremiah chapter 22. I want you to turn there and look at it. Jeremiah 22. And the question raised in these verses I'm about to read to you, and the answer given, is one that is raised many times in Scripture, and the answer is given in exactly the same way many times in Scripture. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 7. Now this is what God says. This is what God says. This is not what the... Uh, folks on television are going to say this afternoon when you get home watch them this is what God says I will prepare destroyers against you everyone with his weapons and they shall cut down your choice cedars and cast them into the fire and many nations shall pass by this city and they shall say every man to his neighbor Wherefore hath the Lord done thus to this great city? Why did God do this? Wait a minute, God didn't do that. He said, I prepared these fellows to come. I prepared. I sent them. Well, why did God do this? No, you don't. Know, verse 9. Then they shall answer. Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshipped other gods and served them. That's why. Let's see if that's not so. Knowing that the events of providence are not accidents, things that come to pass by random chance, a blind fate. Knowing that God's creation is never at any point, at any time, in any area, or to any degree out of God's control. We who believe God understand that what we've experienced these past two weeks are clear, evident, unmistakable manifestations of divine judgment. Now, I'm not a politician. I'm not one of those preachers who decides what to preach by doing this. I ain't going to take it back. These are evident, clear manifestations of divine judgment. Well, people don't like that. They've never had. I realize what I'm saying. Like Jeremiah the prophet causes me to run in the teeth of all the prophets of deceit in our day. Now, I do not mean to suggest that no one misunderstand me, that these events display the wrath and judgment of God they are distinctly against those who perished Tuesday two, two weeks ago in Washington, New York, Pennsylvania, not at all. In fact, I'm certain that they were actually mercy by God's hand in taking many of his own out of this world. I don't suggest that at all. I am saying that which everybody, everybody must understand. Everybody must. And all men do. They won't acknowledge it. All men, they, they know it. They won't acknowledge it. All men, everybody in this society, everybody from the top to the bottom is scared to death. God might do it again. Scared to death. It might happen again. So all of a sudden, everybody got religious. Everybody got religious. I watched with some interest the news last Friday morning, as many of you did, I'm sure. You remember what Tom Brokaw said just before they began the uh national prayer meeting at the National... Brothal. You know what he said? He said today all Americans are turning to their God whatever their God may happen to be. Isn't that wonderful? I watched the state prayer meeting in the National Cathedral of Washington. This Female preacher, bishop, something or other. She said, those of us who are gathered here, listen now, Muslim, Jew, Christian, Sikh, Buddhist, Hindu, all people of faith. Well, isn't that wonderful? Leading the prayer meeting were Episcopalians. Papist, Methodist, Cardinal, a Muslim cleric, and Billy Graham. Reckon how on earth they could all get together on this thing? Reckon how? Do you really have to reckon how? I've been telling you for years. I've been telling you it was the first time you ever heard my voice speak. I've been telling. It's because they all believe exactly the same thing. Exactly the same. The Muslim, the Sikh, the Hindu, the Presbyterian, the Methodist, the Episcopalian, the Papist, and Billy Gray. The Methodist preacher from Houston who opened the prayer. This is how he opened his prayer. And folks, just true. oh, wasn't that such a moving service? Wasn't that? Wasn't that just wonderful? He called on the God of Abraham and Mohammed and Jesus, mortal heart, to make Jesus Christ to be nothing more than Abraham or Mohammed is utter blasphemy. It is to invoke the wrath of God Almighty. I know the whole world sees what's going on around us as a great awakening. Late Friday evening, there was a pastor of a large Presbyterian church. I don't remember his name, but he was insignificant anyway. He said, uh, I do not believe in a vindictive God. What I'm seeing is a time of great spiritual awakening. He said, we had to have three services. Three services, best best be, whenever it was. He said, I see a nation turning to God. Oh, my God. How I wish it were true. But the fact is, of the religious activity we have seen these last two weeks is the kind of religious activity that God says makes him want to vomit. You can read in Revelation 3.16. Yes, the United States of America, this nation that we love so dearly, this nation for which I think I can say with confidence, there's not a man in this building who would not go to war to lay down his life if necessary. This nation is a nation under the judgment of God. I've been telling you that for years. Don't think I'm unpatriotic. That's not so. That's not so. My blood runs red. But I'm not here to preach to you as a politician. I'm not trying to get you a vote for anything. I'm here to speak as God's servant to your soul. For the glory of God. We've become a nation of idolaters. As the events of this past two weeks have clearly demonstrated. The whole nation is running after other gods. Mary, the saints, Allah, Buddha, bowing down before images and statues and icons and priests. The gospel of God's free grace in Christ has been preached in this land for 300 years. And we have persistently rejected it. We have violated every law of God, not only as individuals, but as a nation. In the name of religious freedom, in the name of God, we've legalized abortion, homosexuality. And people attempt to justify this idiocy, this ungodly idiocy, to attempt to justify it in the name of God religious freedom and use the scriptures to do it. Our politicians pander to envy and covetousness. I wonder if there's any such thing as a politician who will not do anything to get folks to vote for him. I hope there is. As a nation, as a nation, I'm talking about a whole society. As a whole, we not only tolerate but we promote every form of moral decadence imaginable, from Washington to Hollywood, from uh, from the backwoods of Eastern Kentucky to the big cities in New York. We to- we not only tolerate it, we promote it. Let me just give you one example. You. Uh, Watched a little television. When was the last time? When was the last time on any current modern television show, movie, sitcom, or otherwise, you saw any indication of a man actually sleeping with his own wife instead of somebody else's? (laughs) You stop think about it. It's almost so bad we're happy they sleeping with a woman instead of a man. Uh, utter decadence. Utter decadence. Not only tolerated, promoted, taught in schools with alternative lifestyles. Isn't that a good way to describe adultery, homosexuality, perversity, immorality, pedophilia? A total alternative heart. Lifestyle. Oh, but nobody teaches pedophilia is an alternative lifestyle. You teach that anything goes, you teach that anything goes. The religious leaders of our nation, the religious leaders of our nation, as in the days of our Lord, I'm talking about the heads of churches, the heads of seminaries, the heads of Bible colleges, Pastors, evangelists, on television, on radio, on the street corner, the religious leaders of our nation are idolaters. Idolaters. In order to serve as a chaplain in any public organization. Now, I'm not speaking hearsay. I'm talking good by what I know. These days, you just... Retire from the Navy. Serve the a chaplain in the Navy. You've got, to, you've got to agree to be an idolater. the man won't last right, You give it to him. You've got to agree to cater to their religion. This message then is a call to repentance. If we are not humbled before God, if we do not believe on the Son of God, who by the sacrifice of his self, by the shedding of his blood, by the obedience of his life, by his resurrection glory and power has saved his people from their sins. If we do not bow to Jesus Christ as the only, the only revelation of God, we are calling more judgment. If we harden our hearts God will not be merciful. His judgment will continue. Oh what a mercy that he only spoke in his providence and didn't destroy in his providence. This present surge of spirituality how do you account for that preacher? It is but the continued hardening of our heart as a nation. It is but the continued rejection of the gospel of God's free grace as a nation. It is but the continued of our wallowing in the filth of our idolatrous religion as a nation. And yet God is merciful. Oh, it's God. God is merciful. I'm sure you've heard it quoted and seen it written many times. Perhaps many times last few days. Hear what God says. If my people. My people. There are some people in this world who are God's people. (laughs) He loved them with an everlasting love. He chose them. He redeemed them by the blood of his Son. He called them by his almighty grace. He holds them in his hand. If my people, which are called by my name, called by my name, by me, Called by my name? What's his name? What is the one name? What is the one name given in this book of God Almighty manifest in Jesus Christ, the embodiment of God? What is the one name which he wears by which he calls his people the righteousness? <laughs> this is the name wherewith he shall be called Jehovah's continued, the Lord our righteousness. This is the name whereby she, my church, my people shall be called Jehovah, the Lord our righteousness. Because God Almighty so thoroughly looks upon his people in the person of his son that he sees us as his son. Our sins put away by the sacrifice of his son. Our, his righteousness made to be ours so that we're made the very righteousness of God in him just as he was made to be sin for us. My people, oh, blessed name. Which are called by my name shall humble themselves. Humble. I'm not going to bow to anybody. I wasn't talking to you. I'm not going to grovel. I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) I'm not going to grovel to you, but I'm glad to grovel before him. (laughs) Because you ain't got anything to grovel for. He does humble themselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. What does that mean? It means what Eli of old did, it's the Lord. Well, what did he do? He killed both his boys, that's what he did. Because of their rebellion, in an act of judgment, God killed Eli's two darling sons, grown men. And took the priesthood forever from his house. How do I respond? It is the Lord. Let him do. What seemeth him good. Humble themselves. Well I'm not about to do that. I know. I know. I know you're not. But if you're his people you will. And pray. Uh Pour out your heart to God. Then will I hear from heaven. Is that encouragement enough to pray? Hmm? Then will I hear from heaven? And if God hears, That's enough. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sin. Oh, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And heal their land. You see God deals with the world as he deals with his people in the world. Let that sink in real good. Let that sink in real good. God deals with the world as he deals with his people in the world. Not the other way round. Not the other way round. <laughs> so this I must confess. This I must confess. The horrors heaped upon our nation are my fault. My fault. Not the fault of the politicians in Washington. Not the fault of the pornographers on the street corners. Not the fault of the abortionist, the pimps, pushers, and prostitutes. My fault. And I say this to you, the people of God. My fault. But, Pastor, what on earth are we to do? Turn over to the book of Hosea and I'll show you. Hosea, chapter 14. since I'm not talking to the nation of Israel, so I make you understand, I'm talking to the Israel of God. I'm talking to God's holy nation. You who are his people. I'm not talking to the religious world, I shall I'm talking to you. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God. Thy God, is He yours? Is it? Has He made himself yours by covenant mercy? Is He yours? Do you believe him? Return to the Lord, your God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, don't just uh, don't just act religious. Order your call before God. Take some words with you when you go to him. Turn to the Lord. Say unto him. Take away all our iniquity. Receive us graciously. So will we render the calves. The praises of our lips. Asher shall not save us. No need looking somewhere else. We will not ride upon horses. We'll not trust in the arm of the flesh. Neither we will say any more to the work of our hands, You are our gods. For in Thee, the fatherless find mercy. And God says. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For mine anger. Is. Not will be buddy. But is. (laughs) Mine anger. Is turned away from him. The reason I deal with my people. The way I deal with them. Because my anger is turned away. I will be as the dew, oh, the morning dew, the morning dew on dry parched ground, reviving, refreshing, enlivening unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily. Lilies grow gently, gradually, unobserved until they bud forth in their beauty. my people. They'll grow like the lily. They'll just keep growing. Keep growing. And suddenly, they'll bud forth in resurrection glory in their beauty. Nobody's going to really know who they are until they bud forth in their beauty like the lily. And cast his roots as Lebanon. The cedars, like the cedars of Lebanon, are strong because their roots are deep. deep. You go find me a cedar, one of those tall cedars, and start digging for the bottom of the root. That tap root just keeps going down. So it is with those who are the trees of righteousness planted in the Lord's garden. The root. Of life. Is Christ himself. His branches. Branches spread. His branches shall spread. And his beauty shall be as the olive tree. I didn't know this. You know the, the only thing pretty about an olive tree. The only thing pretty about an olive tree. Is the smell. <laughs> it's scent. It's aroma. And so it is with God's people. God smells the sweet fragrance of his darling son. As he looks over us. Smell as leaven. They they that dwell under the shadow under his shadow shall return. Oh yeah. They will. No question about it. No question about it. If we're his, he won't let us depart from him. If we're his,
1: by whatever
0: means necessary, by whatever sacrifice necessary, by whatever work necessary, no matter how painful or costly, if we're his, he will cause us ever to return to him. They shall return. They shall Revive as the corn. Look out here in this garden. That corn, man, when it just dry, hadn't been in the rain in a long time. That corn just kind of wilts. The leaves of corn just begin to dry up. And then God sends a steady, Slowly, give it two or three days. Let the sun pop up, and man, what's that corn green up? revive as the corn and grow. If we're His, grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. My people shall return. My people shall revive. My people shall grow. My people shall spread forth the sweet fragrance of grace. Ephraim will say, you remember earlier in Hosea 4, God said Ephraim is joined to his idols. Let him alone. But he wouldn't let him alone, Merle. (laughs) He wouldn't let him alone. He wouldn't let him. Oh, God, thank you. For not leaving me alone. Ephraim shall say. What have I to do anymore with idols? I've heard him. I've observed him. I'm like a green fir tree. Now look at this. He said my people will return. My people will revive. My people will grow. My people will, they will send forth their sin. He said my people will declare I'm, I'm no more joy than my idols. I'm like a green fir tree full of life and vigor. Now listen to what God says. From me is your fruit found. Who is wise? He shall understand these things. Who is prudent. He shall know them. Now get hold of this. For the ways of the Lord are right. The just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. Now here's my prayer. I hope it's yours. Turn us again, O Lord. Cause thy face to shine. And we shall be saved. Turn us, O God, of our salvation. And we shall be turned. Draw us. And we will run after thee. O God, for Christ's sake, do it.